Nighttime continues on in the city of Augustus, Illinois. At Danielle's loft in the living room, Upon opening the door, Danielle sees a rather large manila envelope on her welcome mat. She picks up the envelope and opens it. Much to her shock, however, she has just received a legal letter from Alex detailing how she cannot write an article for Trash.com about Donovan's shooting. Growing with anger, she quickly retrieves her phone from her cardigan pocket and dials Alex's number. At the central grill in the dining area, Leslie, Christopher, and Olivia are all sitting around a table. Christopher is drinking a beer as Leslie and Olivia are enjoying dirty martinis. This little get-together was such a good idea. Thanks for suggesting it, Les. We've all had too much drama in our lives lately. I just thought this would be a good way to detox. It so is. By the way, it also gives me a chance to congratulate you on your new job, I had no idea you were taking over the reins of Opulence Monthly. If I would have known, I would have congratulated you much sooner. I just thought that Stephanie Markham was pretty much set there. You know better than anyone else how much things can change in an instant. Oh, and Liv, I'll be sure to always get you an issue a month in advance. You better. Upon hearing the notification from his cell phone, Christopher retrieves his phone from the breast pocket of his suit jacket. A look of concern falls upon his face. Honey, what is it? You okay? Uh, it's Dr. Becker. Your boss? What does he want with you this late? He says he needs to see me right this very moment. At the Hastings mansion in the living room, Diana is lying on the couch. She is asleep and covered up lightly by a quilt. Sweetheart. Upon hearing the front door close, Diana bursts up from her sleep. She is practically gasping for air. Stuart! Uh, Simon! After a few seconds of not seeing anyone step into the living room, Diana slowly gets up from the couch and walks into the foyer. Much to her heartbreak, no one was ever there. A new day has come to the city of Augustus, Illinois. At the Augustus Police Department in a holding cell. This is bull. I can't believe all of us had to spend the night here. Miranda, when can we be released? None of us want to be here, but we're all suspects in an ongoing investigation. That detective has every right to keep us here for another 24 hours. I can't wait to sue him for something, anything. I am so done with him. I second you on that. I'm sure there's something we can sue him for. Will all of you just stop? I just need some peace and quiet to figure this whole situation out. You best work your legal powers a bit faster, Miranda. I have an elderly mother at home. I am just trying to do what's best for all of us here. I will come up with something. 
I promise. Stephanie, if it makes you feel better, it's not like you're the top suspect on their list. Jonah, I don't need you to say all the right things right now. Your speculation is cute, but it's not helpful. It's not speculation. What are you getting at, Jonah? I stole a file off of Reynolds' desk. He's probably been looking for it ever since it went missing. How in the world did you manage to steal a file off that man's desk? You can't... Oh, my God. Seriously? Jonah and Isaac stare at one another until Isaac realizes that Jonah has his sight back. Stephanie then picks up on it as well. You're always pulling something, Jonah. Look, I don't have time to go on and on about my feelings of you being able to see now. I just want to know what was in that file. You said I wasn't their top suspect. Why not? And who do they think is their top suspect? They believe their top suspect to be someone who left some blood at the crime scene. I don't know how the blood came to be. And I guess you should also know that their top suspect is someone that I would not have even guessed in a million years. Who's the suspect? Get ready for this. It's Stephen Langenfeld. At the Harper Mansion on the patio, Melanie is standing by the patio furniture set as she looks out onto the lawn. Stephen then steps out onto the patio. Morning, Mel. Stephen. I didn't mean to startle you. What are you doing out here? Gwendolyn told me that you didn't take your medication with breakfast. You need to do that every morning. Uh, it just slipped my mind. Because, to tell you the truth, I have too much on my mind right now. Melanie, what is it? Colin, I had a meeting last night. It didn't go well. And he told me that I shouldn't have ever come back here. If I'm being honest, Stephen, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe I should just leave Augustus and save everybody the trouble of having to walk on eggshells around me, all because I have early onset Alzheimer's. When really they want to ruin my life, just like I did to all of theirs. We came back for a reason. I don't have much time left. And I wanted to face the music, so to speak. Look, I know Colin must have hard feelings toward me too. We have not seen much of one another since that night. <sighs> Everything will be okay, Mel. He just doesn't want to see us at all. I'm not saying he needs to embrace me and call me his mother. I've always been his rarely mentioned Aunt Melanie. It's just... Between Caitlin not wanting anything to do with me, Elaine trying her best to be conservative in her emotions, I don't know. I wasn't hoping for some amazing reunion with Colin. He's just so ready to cut me out of his life for good, without even trying to hear me out. Stephen reaches out and takes Melanie in his arms, but she slowly begins to back away. Mel, you okay? Stephen, this might seem odd, but do I feel a gun in your pocket? I... I yeah. I have a gun. What? Mel, it's nothing. 
A confused and concerned Melanie watches Stephen retrieve his cell phone from his other pant pocket. Are you really about to answer a phone call like- Hello? Yes, this is Stephen Langenfeld. Who is this? Detective Reynolds. You want to see me? Uh, yeah. Sure. I can meet with you tomorrow evening. No problem. Bye. Detective Reynolds? The one who's investigating Donovan's shooting? That's the one. He wants to see you tomorrow? But I hope it doesn't interfere with my appointment. I was hoping that you'd be there. I'll try. I promise. Anyway, we best be getting back inside. You need to take your afternoon medication. At Rhonda's penthouse in the living room. You know, I am a little hungry. And as much as I love sitting here with you, I think I'm craving pancakes. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> well, you know, pancakes with you sounds so good right now. Should I make us some? Or do you want to go out? Oh, I want to go out. I want to take you out in the town. I want to show the world how beautiful you are. That sounds like a great decision to me. Ooh, you are quite the charmer. Oh my goodness. I guess I better get that. I guess so. Antoine. Mom. Darling, what on earth has gotten into you knocking on my door like that? I need to talk to you. Anton, what is this about? Oh my god, Stuart Hastings and his and his son Simon. They died in a car accident last night. In Montreal, Canada, at Gunner and Emma's home, Gunner and Emma are standing over by the couch, zipping up a rather large suitcase. There we are. Bag is packed. Jet is fueled. We should be able to leave for Augustus in an hour. It'll probably be the slowest hour of my life. You okay, Emma? If you're trying to ask me if I got any sleep last night, then the answer is no. I don't know who I am. You're not my husband. <laughs> Apparently I'm married to your son, a man I don't... I don't remember. A man who thinks I'm dead. And to top it all off, we have a child, your grandson. Or at least that's what my mother led your family to believe in. Your poor son. I can't, I can't make sense of any of I, I'm so sorry. Anybody home? I can't believe he's back here. Good morning. What the hell do you want? Oh, so I take it things haven't blown over. What a shame. I thought me stepping away would take care of that. I thought you two would be able to get a good night's rest and wake up with clear minds. You've stolen my life from me. You made me believe you were my friend. I am. No, the hell you are not. Look, you bastard. Gunner and I are leaving this house of matchsticks. He's taking me to my husband and my child, and you are not going to stand in our way any longer. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I'm not letting you two get away. Not a chance in hell. At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Olivia walks up to Christopher, who is standing over by the main desk. Two more minutes. Just two more. 
You seem awfully nervous. Wouldn't you be if Chief wanted to meet with you? For all we know, he probably wants to give you another raise. Why would he have wanted to discuss that last night, though? I don't know, Liv. This all seems so odd to me. I'm worried. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Upon hearing the door to Dr. Becker's office open, Christopher and Olivia turn around and look over at Dr. Becker, who motions them into his office. A moment later, Christopher, Olivia, and Dr. Becker all walk over to Dr. Becker's desk. Please, have a seat, you two. Dr. Becker, I think I'm too nervous to have a seat. I mean, you've built up what you need to tell me for so many hours now. He hardly got any sleep. But I'm trying to assure him that it's nothing bad. I swear, this is exactly how he felt when... I'm sorry that I clearly given you some type of wrong impression, Nurse Bookman. This is no laughing matter. I'm not here to reassure Dr. Marshall of anything. I'm here to get answers. I'm here to understand. So this is something serious. Highly. Dr. Becker, what's going on? Are you sure you still want Nurse Bookman here for this? I'm staying. I, I can tell you that much right now. Yes, of course she can stay. But I just don't understand what's going on here, Chief. Dr. Marshall, it pains me to say this. But effective immediately, you are suspended without pay until further notice. Oh my god. What the hell is going on here? I have the right to know why I'm being suspended out of nowhere. That you do. And I'm here to tell you it's because you're being accused of sexual harassment and having violent outbursts. An investigation into this matter began first thing this morning. As for what you need to do right now, you have half an hour to clean out your office and your locker. All of your surgeries and your rounds with interns have been given to other attendings on staff. Wait, who's accusing Christopher of violent outbursts and sexual harassment? Yeah, I would like to know that too. As of right now, I can't reveal the identity of the accuser out of safety and respect. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm innocent here. This conversation, for HR purposes, needs to end now. I'm not at liberty to say anything else. The hell you are. Everyone stands from the desk as Christopher and Olivia exit the office. What is happening right now? I don't know. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. But we'll get to the bottom of this. This is clearly some sort of misunderstanding. Damn right it is. I am a good man. I've never harassed anybody in my entire life. This is outrageous. I just... I need to go clean out my things myself. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm gonna go call Laura right now. Christopher. Yeah? I love you, Doc. I love you too, Liv. As Christopher begins to walk off, Olivia retrieves her cell phone. However, as she is about to dial a number, Duncan Anderson, a hospital orderly, walks over to her. Liv? Oh, Duncan, hi. Hey, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I was just down here grabbing some gloves and, well, I, I don't like seeing a friend who looks stressed. What's going on? Well, Christopher's whole world has just been turned upside down and I'm so, so very worried for him. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Thank you. At the Augustus Community Park by private area. Thanks for buying me coffee and a pastry this morning. No worries. I wanted it to be my treat, though. After all, I did ask you to come and meet 
me this morning, not the other way around. I know, but I thought that a coffee and pastry could smooth things over somehow. Good point. Why did you want to meet? Here, I thought you would swear off talking to me for a few days, considering that quarter order I placed on Trash.com. I thought about it. Don't get me wrong. But I also had a thought that if I ran from this problem, that would somehow make me seem no more mature than a 20-something college girl who doesn't know how relationships work. And I'm not saying I understand how relationships work. God knows I've had my fair share of issues with them. What are you trying to say, Danielle? Alex, I think to some degree you're right. And I think to some degree I am also right. But we're not going to be able to work through our problems stemming from this freaking article without talking one or one like only we know how to do. I really don't want a stupid court order to decide the future of our relationship. And I don't want my website to decide it either. So I'm asking you to give me a second chance of sorts. As you know, JJ is ready to reopen Prodigy. He's ready to do it tomorrow night. All I'm asking Alex is that you come with me. We can drink and dance the night away. Plus we can talk. Please, I'm really trying here. Well, you've got yourself a date for tomorrow night. I'll pick you up at seven. Sounds good to me. Back at Rhonda's penthouse in the living room. Come sit down, sweetheart. You need to take a breather, okay? Antoine, did you just find out about this this morning? Yeah, I had to wake up early to take my dog out for a walk. I got a dog, a dog, a beautiful baby dog. And every morning before I take it outside, I check the news. You know, it's been it's been a calming routine for me all these two weeks now. And Isaac Marshall, you know, my boss, he said that if I've always wanted to keep my job as a reporter, then I need to continue to work hard and read the news. And I need to come home to him with stories and I need to show him that I love what I do. I, I just found out about him. My whole life, you've been sworn to secrecy. You haven't been able to tell me my father's identity this whole time. And, oh God, I've just left it alone because I didn't want to create this fantasy in my head, you know? I also have two brothers. Had, rather. Um, one of them died too, Mom. From the moment you came clean to me, I've been constantly weighing the pros and the cons of all of this. And the one pro that I've had on my side was that I was going to have siblings. <laughs> Truthfully, when you said to me last night about stewards of the family, I got excited for that very reason. I've always wanted a sibling, and I couldn't get over the fact that I had two. I am so sorry. What What can we do for you right now? How can we help you process this? How can we help you work through these emotions? Would you like me to call JJ? No, I don't. He's probably still asleep. I mean, the one night he and I didn't go home together, the one night he went back to his apartment after we spent time with each other is the night that changes everything look son i don't know how to feel about this either you know what what happened last night it, it, it was tragic you know regardless of how ruthless stewart was i never would have wished this upon him or oh my gosh or his son i'm just as devastated as you are but antoine Son, I'm here for you. Back in Montreal, Canada, at Gunnar and Emma's home. I am leaving this house, and Gunnar is coming with me. You are not holding me hostage here any longer. I may not know a lot about who I am anymore, but all I know is that I am not the one. Andrew, I will be telling Emma all about her life, and it is game over for you. Not unless you want me to call the cops right here and right now. You know what? You're not calling the cops. And the two of you are not going anywhere. 
Andrew reaches into the breast pocket of his suit jacket and retrieves a Glock 17 Gen 5. Really, Andrew? The gun song again? You bet. There's too much money at stake here. I will continue to drain your offshore accounts. And then when I'm done, when I'm a millionaire, when I'm no longer under your boot, then I'm going to let the two of you go. We are leaving now. Put that gun down, you piece of shit. Oh, I am not the one either, Emma Jean Jensen Harper, or whatever your name is these days, you slut from the farm. Emma, I've grown to love you. Don't do anything stupid. I'm not. I just want you to know that I'm grateful. I am grateful for all you have done for me. But Andrew, I have to leave. I have a son. I have a husband. And just know that I won't breathe a word of this to anyone. And you can have Gunner's money. I'm sure he won't care. I just think you need to stop this before it goes too far. Andrew looks deep into Emma's eyes as Gunner slowly grabs a candlestick holder from the fireplace mantle. As Emma takes a step closer to Andrew, as Andrew begins to let down his guard, Gunner throws the stone candlestick holder at Andrew, which hits him in the head. Andrew then falls to the ground as he is knocked unconscious. Emma then kicks the gun out of his hand. Wow, nice shot. Took one before he could. Is this really happening? It is, and we need to leave. That we do. This has been Forever and a Day, created by KCS Hutchison. Co-executive producers KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan. Narrated by KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, Emmy Morgan, and Eric Andras. Music and sound effects provided by Thessalian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Brett Lawrence as Gunnar Harper, Frank DeCopolis as Andrew Rutledge, Gene Young as Emma Jensen Harper, Karen Knebel as Melanie Walters, Aaron Clark as Stephen Langenfeld, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Kevin Caliber as Alex Bennett, Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Navelle J. Lee as Callum Becker, Emmy Morgan as Olivia Bookman, Chaz Cunningham as Duncan Anderson, Amelia Marshall as Rhonda Jeffries, with Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall, and Darrell Anthony as Antoine Jeffries. Join us again for an all-new episode of Forever in a Day on your favorite podcast streaming platform. This podcast is recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.